Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that will go pretty much anywhere to bring you the most interesting stories in the property world. Today, we're looking at a market that's grown by almost 200% over the last 10 years, commands on average a 35% premium on similar property, and is rapidly spreading across the globe. Welcome to the world of branded residences. The sector's really grown alongside the, the increase in high net worth individuals. Uh, this group has, has grown fourfold in the last 20 years alone. And while most of them may be associated with hotel chains, it's a market the luxury lifestyle brands have got their eyes on as well. The automotive industry, so the likes of Aston Martin, Porsche, Bugatti, Lamborghini. There's fashion and jewellery through the likes of Bulgari, Versace, Missoni, Fendi. I'm Guy Ruddle and I'm joined by two people perfectly at home in the world of high-end branded apartments and the like. Rianne Itani is head of Savile's International Development Consultancy. Rianne, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Guy. Great to be here. And Paul Tostevin is head of Savile's World Research and no stranger to Real Estate Insights. He's been here a couple of times before. Welcome back, Paul. Thank you. Great to be back. So... Where do we start? What is a branded residence? <laughs> Who wants to go first? Well, I'll, I can I can probably cover that one. At its most basic level, a, a branded residence is a residential property which can be bought freehold and, and owned, but that is branded and uh, in most cases serviced by a, a third-party brand. So that could be a hotel, that could be a, a luxury goods company, an architect, or lots of different categories that I'm sure we'll talk about. So like a, 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 like a, a Marriott apartment block or whatever is it something yeah, like that yeah so I, you know in terms of the, the the physical structure of these these developments they come in in three sort of forms the first is a co-located uh, development so that's where you'd have a hotel so so let's take the example of a you know a Marriott hotel you'd have a Marriott hotel and then you'd have a separate building with apartments or or indeed villas could be dotted around around the hotel you've got a condo hotel which is where the, both functions sit within the same building and then you have standalone branded residential and that's where um, there's no hotel element to it it's just a residential product which is uh, which is serviced and branded is it mainly hotels sort of you know attached to hotels or, or hotel brands or, or or is it wider than that yes and no um so in terms of the statistics of, of what's happening in the market uh, 96% of the of the pipeline of developments going forward of branded developments are going to be hotel managed um but it's certainly not just hotels you have uh, the automotive industry so the likes of Aston Martin Porsche uh, Mercedes, really? Bugatti, Lamborghini. What building apartment blocks and saying, "Come well, and live in a Porsche apartment." Block. Well, they are they are branding apartment blocks. They're not they're not building it themselves. Um, and in many cases, for for those type of brands, they're not operating it themselves. But they are licensing their brand to the developer. So that's uh, you know automotive. There's fashion and jewelry through the likes of Bulgari, Versace, Missoni, Fendi, um, spas, Six Senses, Elemis. Um, even interior and exterior designers, so architects, um, so interiors the likes of Philippe Stark and Jade Jagger, Kate Moss, um, wow. and then Starkitects as we call them. Um, so uh, hold on, Starkitects. What's mm, a Starkitect? So, so those are uh, also known as signature architects. So those are the uh, the sort of very renowned international architects who can just by virtue of designing the building add a premium to to it over a a, a non. Uh, Starkitect design building. And Paul, why is this happening? Who's the market and, you know, where's the demand? 
Yes, I mean, so the, the sector's really grown alongside the the increase in high net worth individuals. Uh, this group has has grown fourfold in the last twenty years alone, um, and these brand conscious individuals really value the uh, the security, the services that branded residences offer, and ultimately the the peace of mind of of owning a, a product that's associated with a a, a reputable brand. Um, so, sorry, when when you say services, do 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 they tend to have you know, I don't know, spas and restaurants and all that sort of stuff in them as well. They're not just, I keep saying apartment blocks as uh, maybe the wrong term, but you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, the, the service offer is is key to this. Um, many of them um, may be affiliated with, with the hotel if it's a, a hotel. Um, but um, yeah, certainly the, the, the services and amenities are very much part of that package. Yeah. And people really want that, do they? I mean, they obviously want the services. I can understand that. But people really value being in something that's, I don't know, well, we mentioned cars that, you know, a, a building that's branded Porsche or or something like that. That's right, and uh, you know, it's, does it come under premium as well? It it, it does, uh, and it's certainly one of the advantages for developers in particular. I mean, having a, a brand attached to a, a product um, is a real USP, particularly in a crowded market for for prime property. Um, and our analysis suggests that the price premium stands at about thirty five percent on average. This can exceed seventy percent in in emerging markets where um, that sort of security of of a, a branded product is particularly valued so Rian, we, we uh, paul sort of talked a little bit about the the benefits as you know that the, uh, uh, occupiers owners might might get from that b- both services and and you know the sort of i live in a building which is you know i don't know whatever the brand is from the from the uh, brand side and from the developer side what's the real value for them okay well from from the developer's perspective it's a way of Differentiating their their product against the um, the the broad range of of luxury uh, real estate in the market, and that, that differentiation comes across in two key metrics. So one is the price that is able to be achieved, and um, as Paul mentioned, you know, it, globally speaking, it it averages at thirty five percent, but also the 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 rate of sale or the absorption of sales. Um, Along with the uh, the confidence and the quality of services and amenities, design and finish, um, comes a higher interest from a from the market perspective. So you're able to uh, to sell more more units in a shorter space of time. And then from the brand's perspective, primarily it's about uh, it's about profile and getting their brand into as many uh, locations and developments as possible. It helps them to uh, differentiate and diversify their their inventory of products within one given development. So within the hotel element, there may just be uh, suites uh, and, and rooms, um, some of them going into into slightly larger sizes. But what the, the branded element brings is, is the ability for families uh, and groups of people to come and, and stay in the property, but in a, in a larger format room. Um, so whether it be a two-bed or a three-bed or a four-bedroom. And I sort of, I, I get how it works with hotels. I sort of get how it can work with sort of lifestyle brands and the like, because it's a lifestyle and everything. I don't really get the association, for instance, with a car company or a watchmaker or or, or something like that. Yeah, I, for, for, for many of these purchases, the branded residence purchase will be their their second, third or fourth home. So in many cases, especially when you go into the lifestyle sector, it's very much about having a trophy asset. 
I said at the beginning this is growing at uh, grown nearly 200% over the last 10 years. Has it, is, has it been steady or is it growing faster now? And, uh, and, and what's happening in the market? Yeah, I mean, the, the rate of growth has, has certainly accelerated in, in recent years. Just to put those figures into context, there are about 420 branded residential schemes globally today. That's more than 65,000 units between them. And that's up from 150 schemes just 10 years ago. Um, in terms of the number of brands, there's about 80 brands active. Marriott is is the largest individual player. They have um, more than 100 schemes and um, they have a large portfolio of brands and they employ um, around 15 of those led by the likes of Ritz-Carlton, um, St. Regis and, and W. Um, from a geographical perspective, historically, this has been a, a sort of a US phenomenon, but the growth going forward, we're really really seeing coming from other regions. So the likes of the Middle East, Latin America, the Caribbean, um, our analysis of, of pipelines suggests they're going to see a doubling of their supply in the next couple of years. Really? And is that sort of basically following high net worth individuals and, and where there's a growth of, of them? Partly, yes. Um, I, I think partly also opportunity. Um, you know, we're still in relatively early stages. I think there's, there's huge potential for this sector globally. We talk a bit about which parts of the world uh, are going to be. Are there sort of specific cities where where this is seriously going to take off or is taking off already? Yeah, I mean, th- this is fascinating. So, as, as we said, US, North America, historically, the sort of the centre of this and uh, New York is currently the, the, the top city by number of schemes. Um, that's going to be toppled by Dubai by the end of the year. Um, huge pipeline coming through there, equal to its, its existing supply, um, really reflects the dynamic of that city is a, a sort of a world city expo 2020 happening next year um, Miami is the third biggest city for this sector um, a, a really important gateway to the US also a big resort city as well um, fourth and fifth position is interesting as well actually currently Bangkok is the the fourth biggest uh, most important city but actually that's going to be overtaken by Phuket particularly in the sort of resort field which I think really reflects the kind of um, maturing of the sector um, as it expands around the world. I think another explanation for the growth of the sector is the realisation that this is, you know, to, to sort of coin the phrase a win-win-win situation. You know, the, the, the buyer is able to benefit from, from real and tangible differentiators in, in, the, in their residential property. The, the operator gets, uh, gets coverage and gets uh, additional inventory and the, um, and the developer gets uh, a higher return for, for the cost that he inputs in terms of building the product and selling it. So um, that, uh, that realization from the market that uh, this model works and can help the cash flow of the, of the project and make it more viable has meant that more and more developers and more and more brands uh, are taking it seriously. So, you know, when this started, this was very much um, uh, a necessary solution for additional land or for additional buildable area within a hotel development. What should we do with this land? Well, why don't we build some apartments? And the hotel can brand it as well. Fantastic. Um, but that was seen as more or less a novelty or a uh, an additional feature to the hotel. Um, then over the course of time, as this uh, economic reality has has become clear and brands have seen the the benefit of the uh, of, of increased profile by going into the residential world, um, 
and actually also some some bad experiences where brands have been burnt when a when a scheme hasn't worked well um and you know trust me it's not the developer who who hits the headline it's the it's the brand that hits the headline despite the fact that they have only a, a, an operational responsibility that they're, they're not actually responsible for the property as such that's still the developer um so as a result they've taken it more and more seriously and you know what what my team does at Savills primarily what keeps us most busy is doing feasibility studies for developers on the request of the brand to make sure that the uh, the sales uh, performance of the development is uh, is successful and healthy that the market of buyers is well identified and critically that the product is aligned to those buyers so that that concept of of taking this more seriously and understanding the value from it has uh, I think is in a big part behind this this kind of stratospheric growth that we're seeing. And do you think that it's sort of will it forever be restricted to very high 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 prices, third and fourth homes? As, as yeah. You, or no, it, you know, I think one of the most interesting things that that came out of the report for me, and this is um, <laughs> from the p- perspective of somebody who's who's very much invested in the sector, is that. Um, just within the the hotel sector of these branded residences, um, the the proportion coming through the pipeline, which are going to be uh, luxury in the coming years, is reducing, and it is reducing at the benefits of um, the the categories of of quality just below it. So upper upscale and and upscale, those two sectors are growing in terms of the number of properties which are coming through the market, which is to me a sign that. This is no longer necessarily, or, or as we go forward, going to be just the choice for the ultra-rich or the high net worth or ultra-high net worth buyer. And that, in actual fact, um, lower budget buyers still want similar quality services and amenities and are willing to pay a premium for those. How far can this go? Can we see Google buildings <laughs> or, or, or whatever? Well, yes. I've, you know, the, the choice of... The choice of brand to to come into brand residential is 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 absolutely key. You know, it has to resonate with a buyer for for the right reasons. Um, so uh, you know, bit, bit of thought has to go into it. We've seen you know we've seen a number of of uh, surprise or exciting entrants into the market of late. In particular, um, Condé Nast, the the media company, uh, media publishers who have um, who've come forward and said that they want to get into the market, working alongside. Um, existing and known operators to to brand their schemes, um, and you know that's that's the media world where you have the opportunity to to really curate an experience and to and to do a lot uh, with interiors. You know, going back to what you were saying earlier about can we see a you know can we see a Google uh, tower or whatever it may be? You know, that's one of the predictions that I made in 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 2018 when we published our first um, branded residence report. Um, was that the one section of the market that I feel is hugely missing is technology. Um, you know, we we rely so much and we trust so much in our technology, whether it's our Apple phone or our, our Samsung or our, um, our Amazon delivery. So it really surprises me uh, and it would be very exciting if in future we saw some of those, um, some of those players coming into the market because I think it would, it would be a, a brand that would resonate. And of course, those buildings would end up being very high-tech buildings you would imagine yeah you could you could imagine you know if you really um pushed your pushed your 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 imagination a, a very 
uh, holistic experience where your building is completely connected, your deliveries are are able to come to you with great ease, and you're able to control your environment. Um, uh, you know, from your phone, control your home from your phone, which we see already in nested technologies, but uh, but really one could extrapolate that to a really exciting place. So, uh, Savile Standout Statistic Time. Can't come on the podcast without Savile Standout Statistic, he says. <laughs> That's easy for me to say. Paul, have you got a Savile Standout Statistic? I do. Uh, so we said that wealth generation is an important lead indicator for the sector. Um, we've done some analysis at a city level, and I think the real standout for me was was Berlin. Um, that's forecast to see a, an increase of 62% in its high-income households in the next five years. Really? I imagine it would all be sort of Riyadh and this and that and the other, you know, Middle East and Asia and everything, but Berlin. It's not the top, but it, it's, it's one of the highest in Europe. Wow, that's interesting. Brian, what's your Savile standout statistic? Well, mine is really reflecting the the, the growth and performance of the of the market. You know, this year we've uh, we've seen a, a record sixty five new projects coming to the market, and um, our prediction and forecast based on our research is that uh, another seventy will come forward um, in twenty twenty. So, hopefully, another record year. Wow. Gentlemen, that's been really unusual and really interesting. Thank Great. you very much uh, for coming in and doing that with us. That's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. If all that's done is left you wanting to know more about brands and residences, then you can find it on the, in the Spotlight on Branded Residences report on the website at savills.co.uk slash research. And if you aren't already a subscriber to Real Estate Insights, then please feel free to become one. You can go backwards and there are all sorts of things that you can learn about uh, and there'll be plenty more coming up in the future. You can do that using your usual podcast provider, of course. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. See you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.